0: Hey, everybody, let me scroll to the top of the page. Welcome to Respond and Fire, the Kickass of a Gaming Podcast. Grapple <laughs> Idiots, I'm one of your hosts, Adam.
1: <laughs> Alex told me, let me know the moment we go live. <laughs> I didn't know what he was going to do, and he just fucking disappeared.
0: Who knows? Maybe when we introduce him, he'll show up. Oh, boy.
2: Oh, uh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> watch the video, oh, people. Oh, my God. That is terrifying. There's a goose <laughs> on the screen. Hey,
2: get out of here. Out! Out! Get out! Now! Out! <laughs> <laughs> For audio Those listeners, Alex. Ah, just, thank God. There was a goose that in thing...
1: Alex's house.
2: What happened with the goose, Alex Cozina? It almost took a shit on my keyboard again, but thankfully I was able to scare it off in time. We're good. We oh are God. good.
1: That's excellent. That was a callback <laughs> to last week. Ooh, that's good.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Chad Michael Ennis, who doesn't have a goose in his apartment. Hopefully.
1: I'm dying. I'm dead. Wearing cool glasses, though. Look at the cool pattern. This is a very visual episode. You got the reflection of my Dale Earnhardt glasses, and I got cool lights. Are those Dale Earnhardt glasses for real? They are for now. They are now. (laughs) Anything with, like, reflective lenses that are colored like this just Mm -hmm. screams NASCAR to me.
0: Absolutely. You know it, buddy. Down down there at the track.
1: It would only be more NASCAR if they were Oakleys and they wrapped around my head, or if they were one yeah. continuous lens without the oh, bridge one, in the middle—a
0: fucking Ooh. phaser. <laughs> yeah, catches uh, <laughs> <yeah, just> on <laughs> Twitch.tv/slash. Like yeah, Cyclops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitch.tv/slash. Jordy LaForge. LaForge.
2: Who? Jordy LaForge from Star Trek.
0: Yeah, uh, reading Rainbow Guy.
2: Uh, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've
1: never heard his real name before. I was just like, oh yeah, LeVar Burton. No, that's a name Trek. from Star
0: Trek. His, no, name is Levar Burton. No,
1: his real name is LeVar Burton on Star Trek.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, I got you. That's what I think his name is. Uh, Twitch.tv, Asheville Video, it's Sunday evenings, 8.30, YouTube podcast services, 9 a.m. Eastern. We have things going on today, including number one on the list, touching base with Cozy. Let's go ahead and get this started. Something happened to Cozy. Uh, he got killed by a duck or he didn't. I don't know what
2: happened. ah <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, people of the Responding Fire jury, it has been a month, and Chad really contested me on that uh, when I said that when I jumped into our call earlier just before we did our podcast, but I'm going to say it's been a month, because even though it's only technically been half of a month, it has felt like two months (laughs) and then some.
1: Well, so technically, I didn't necessarily contest it, I just said... It's interesting that Canadians measure time differently because for in America, it's been 16 days. But I didn't realize that April, the whole month was over in our version of 16 days in Canada. But so it's currency conversion, time
2: currency. Yeah, it It's not important. It's not important. Uh, what is important to this story is that several months ago, uh, a friend of mine online was like, Hey, Cozy, I might be coming through to Montreal uh, the weekend of April 1st and the 2nd. Would you be available to hang out with me? I said, sure. Sounds like a plan. Told the Responding Fire co-hosts that I was not going to be available for that weekend. Uh, Fast forward to a few days before that weekend. um, My friend bails at the last minute. (gasps) Unforeseen circumstances. Uh, We're not meeting up. And I'm like, well, I guess I can tell the Responding Fire guys that I'm available again. Or uh, my father um, actually asked me a couple of days ago if uh, I wanted to come down to ye old cozy cabin. We have a little cottage uh, in the eastern townships, sort of southeast of Montreal. And I was like, you know what? Let's do that. It's been a little while since I've been to that cottage in the past. Let's go there. Uh, And so I was packing up my stuff to leave to the cottage. It's like an hour and a half drive there. And I'm like... What game do I want to bring with me? You know, typically in the past when I've done these trips, I'll bring like my DS, my 3DS, my PlayStation Vita, my Switch. I found that typically I'll only end up playing one console and typically only like one or two games. So I don't want to pack super heavily. Before you reveal Going what it through, is, can we try to guess? I mean, I may have already revealed it on Twitter, but it's been a few weeks. Go ahead. Take a guess. Uh mom hid my game
1: on the 3DS.
2: I did briefly think about bringing my 3DS so I could play some of those games, but no, it is not mom hid my game.
1: Damn.
2: I guess in the game or in the system either or uh you brought your switch and you played solitaire. <laughs> no. I'm not much of a fan of solitaire. That's one of those games where I've been taught how to play solitaire many times. Over the course of my life, and every single time, I just forget after like a few weeks. No, I went looking through my Switch library, and I'm like, "What games in here have I not yet played or completed?" We got Mario Plus Rabids. We got the Mario Plus Rabids sequel. Got Super Mario Odyssey. Mario Tennis Aces. Wild. No, I never bought that game. Yeah, you uh, were so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I real really lucked out there. I skim over to Breath of the Wild, and I'm like, you know what? Mm. I've had a very contentious relationship with this game, but but I did promise that I would play it sometime this year in anticipation of the release of Tears of the Kingdom. Maybe this is my one shot to do so. So I packed it along with me and went to the cottage. Um, th- real quick, for those of you who've not listened to past episodes that I've been on, um, My relationship with Tears of the... uh, Sorry, not with Tears of the Kingdom, with Breath of the Wild uh, is such that I was a huge Zelda fan back in the day. My Zelda fandom kind of peaked with Twilight Princess because I got both it and the Wii shortly after they launched. Uh, And then after there, it was sort of like a slow downhill slope. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Phantom Hourglass, but I hated how on rails literally um, Spirit Tracks was. (laughs) And, you know... I I found stuff to appreciate about Skyward Sword, but on the whole, I thought that game was pretty mid. Uh, The Wii U comes around. The Wii U as a whole has, you know, a pretty good library of games, but doesn't really do it for a lot of people. And the chips are really down during that era. As a long-life Nintendo fan, I just really don't vibe with that system at all. Um, Do enjoy Hyrule Warriors for what it is, but eventually, eventually the Wii U comes to an end. The Switch releases in 2017 and alongside it Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, okay. This is my opportunity to both get back into my love of Zelda and also to kind of reignite my love for Nintendo. And everybody's saying this game's really great. This is going to, you know, fingers crossed, really work out. Buy the game at launch, play it, really does not stick with me at all. And I walk away pretty disappointed and distraught. And it kind of kills my love of Nintendo for like a couple of years there. Like I'll still go out and buy like a couple of games. Like I bought like, you know, Pokemon Sword and Shield and played that a bunch. But on the whole, those years were largely defined by me mostly playing PlayStation stuff. Um, Eventually, you know, uh, quite a few years later, I'm like, you know what? but want to reignite my love for Nintendo, I kind of have to take a little bit of initiative. And so over the course of last year, I play a crap ton of games on my Switch, play Bayonetta 1 and 2 alongside you guys, play Chicory, play Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, Going into this year, I play uh, Cadence of Hyrule, the Zelda-themed crossover with Crypt of the Necromancer. Dancer. Enjoy that a surprising amount. I want to keep this Switcher Renaissance train going. And so... I was primed to finally give this game another shot and I'm here to announce on the podcast that that ladies and gentlemen I'm back in.
1: Oh, shit! I didn't think it
2: was going to happen. What? I didn't think that it was going to actually get its grips in me, but I'm back in now. Now I do need to talk a little bit through kind of my process for playing this game this time around. Um, reflecting back on my time with Breath of the Wild back when I played it for the first time in 2017, I think that one of the big things that really winded me on that game first time around that really kind of killed my motivation to keep playing it was that I kind of just... Ignored most of the main objectives and kind of just wandered, which I know some people are listening to this right now and are thinking, oh, that sounds superb. Like, I love being able to wander in big, expansive open world games. I mean, that I sounds like that. Adam's
1: Elden Lord philosophy. Like, let me just wander and beat shit up and become
2: king of the world. For me, It just was really winding because I just got to a point where I had, like, unlocked so many side quests, so many objectives, so many things to do. There were just so many things on my plate, and I'm like, I don't know where to start. I I was like Jeremy Renner in that one war movie where he walks into a cereal aisle, and I'm like, I don't know what to pick and what to go with. Um, What was that? What was that? uh, um, The one where he's on the Hurt Locker? Hurt Locker? Yeah, the the Hurt Locker, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Didn't he win an Oscar for that? Good for him
2: yeah before, for before you
1: even reconfirmed yes he did <laughs> i decided he did
2: um <laughs> great um and so yeah this time around i'm like clearly like going off and wandering and just sort of seeing where my heart leads uh is not going to work out for me so this time around i'm going to play the game in a very kind of organized fashion first things first before i do Anything else in the game, once I'm off of the Great Plateau, which is like the tutorial area for the game, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go around the map and I'm going to activate all 15 Sheikah Towers. And I can complete some small side quests if they're directly on the way. I can complete a couple of shrines here and there if they're also along the way. But I am not going to stray very far from that path. Once all that was done, I was like, I'm going to complete x amount of shrines just so i can get my hearts to this level and then i'm going to go and complete the development uh the the elephant uh the elephant (laughs) divine beast and then after that i'm like okay i'm going to complete x amount of shrines and x amount of side quests and then i'm going to complete the giant bird eagle divine beast and that's basically how i've uh kind of structured my playthrough of breath of the wild and it has significantly uh, helped me enjoy this game much more so than I enjoyed it before. Just being able to always have a kind of structure to this uh, literally like wild world that I'm exploring right now has like enriched my kind of love of it so much and definitely uh, allowed me to kind of appreciate the, the kind of ways in which this game really sings. Namely, it's you know very kind of like physics, kind of intensive open world, the kind of like very kind of loose, Uh, kind of like nature to a lot of its puzzles that allow for kind of multiple solutions, all that stuff, all that being said, all that being said, I don't love everything about this game. Um, It's kind of a minor complaint in the grand scheme of all things, but like it is such a tease that this game was touted as being the first Zelda game with full voice acting. And yet there's like barely any voice acting in it at all. (laughs) And like the voice acting is not bad like not bad performances but like playing through it again you realize like just how how seldomly uh they employ voice acting throughout its narrative um do definitely you know miss the presence of like big kind of traditional zelda dungeons uh the divine beasts are pretty fun and do definitely scratch that itch um but uh, on the whole, they're not exactly a replacement for Yield traditional Zelda dungeons. Um, a lot of the side quests in the game definitely don't stand up to, I feel like, the quality of side quests that we're used to from games like uh, God of War Ragnarok, for example. Ragnarok, like for, for as much as I you know ragged on that game last year, that game had stupendous side quests. I love how they were few in number, but every single one of them like really tied back into the main story or a main character's sort of development in a major way. And so many of the side quests in this game are like, go find like 55 crickets for me and bring them back or (laughs) like go and (laughs) figure out this uh, the location of this shrine from this like super arcane riddle that barely makes any sense don't love all that stuff but on the whole have
1: you uh, have you
2: side quests i stopped doing side quests in that game
1: because i would spend so long collecting crickets or doing all of these stupid things and then the, the reward for the quest was something that I had zero interest in or didn't care about it or it's dumb. Have you been doing enough side quests that, like you've actually found that some of them are rewarding? Like,
2: what are some of the things that you've gotten from them? I mean, it's one of those things where it's like by the time that I'm done with this game, I'm not going to bother with completing every single side quest. I'm going to do as many as I feel like. I can do without wasting too much time. And I would say that, yes, I have definitely gotten some worthwhile rewards. It's great to be able to get like uh, 200 rupees, for example, from completing a side quest. And then be told, oh, hey, if you bring these same resources to me over and over again, I'll just keep giving you uh, 200 rupees over and over again. That's great. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it has been worth it for me. But again, I just feel like Games like Ragnarok have proven that you can do so much more with side quests, and this game doesn't really live up to that. Nice. Um. So, my story would end there. In fact, my story would have ended there a week ago, had I <gasps> been on your podcast, Responding Fire, with what? Alex, Adam, and Chad. What? However... Twist! However... Montreal... The great city that I live in, and by extension, a lot of Quebec and Eastern Ontario, which is the province that contains Ottawa, the capital of Canada, um, were struck by the mother of all ice storms on Wednesday, April the 5th. Let me tell you guys, this ice storm literally only lasted like an hour and a half. Like, it was like I was uh, in my office at work at the time, and I barely even felt it sitting there at my desk and yet it catastrophically (laughs) destroyed our entire energy grid. And here's the thing, here's the thing. Within the past 365 days, there have definitely been a few outages here at the Kazina household. There have definitely been some 12-hour outages, some 24-hour outages, some 36-hour outages in some cases. We're used to it. It's to be expected. Um, What I was not expecting is that the outages would last almost five days from wednesday april the 5th until monday april the 10th uh, we had no power at our home and uh, occasionally especially during those first few days a very spotty cellular data as well presumably because some cell towers were probably knocked down as well by the ice storm um and that made for a very interesting Easter weekend. On one hand, because I had just gotten into Breath of the Wild, I was able to play the game on the go, because, of course, that's one of the main features that the Switch offers you, the gamer. Um, but because we had no power at home, we had to constantly be out and about charging our phones at libraries, at family friends' houses, at restaurants. Uh, it was a whole affair, but thankfully, power was restored last Monday, and I am here now to tell you that we are doing okay. That is
1: wild. I remember as a kid when we would have, I lived in North Carolina and we'd have hurricanes or winter storms every once in a while that would like knock out power for a day or two. And as a kid, I was like, this is awesome. I get to play my Game Boy and we're all sleeping in the living room. And it's like, Cool. But uh, like seeing it from an adult perspective, like recently one of my coworkers, same idea, like her power was out for like three days during one of these storms. And she's like, I have to come to work and charge my phone on the floor. And my kid's school is out and no one's at home with them and we can't stay warm. And I was like, this is terrifying. I thought it was so cool as a kid, but I bet my parents were freaking terrified. Like, we're all (laughs) going to die.
2: So I can't imagine what y'all
1: were going through.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was it was super weird because it was easter weekend which meant that we were actually meeting up with a lot of people for supper which actually it kind of worked out in our instance because it was like oh we can um you know uh charge our phones at restaurants or at these other people's houses that we're going to but like especially once we got to like the fourth and fifth day it was like god when is this going to end we also lost um access to hot water halfway through there. And so that created another complication of how are we going to take showers? And we we made it work, but it, it definitely was not great. And we also had to, as you might expect throughout a lot of food, it, it was kind of sad because initially what we were doing is we were just keeping all our food from the fridge in a cooler outside. And at the start of the outage, it was actually pretty cool cold outside. So it was actually remaining pretty decently preserved. But then it heated up over the course of the weekend, which was good because Montreal has desperately been needing hot weather for a little while, but not good for the food. So we ended up having to throw a lot of that stuff out. Um, But yeah, that's just how it goes. I'm glad you were all safe.
1: And I'm glad you got a chance to utilize the power of the Nintendo Switch in the way that it was intended for power outages. Hell yeah. That's why Nintendo made it, specifically for that reason. They Mm -hmm. did. They're like, people would love... That's what they're they're like, everyone wants to play the Wii U, but no one can, because the power's out. So (laughs) that's why we need to make the Nintendo Switch.
0: Yeah. For that specific problem. Five days is wild. Yeah. I've never had more than two hours. Not everybody ever. Two hours, really? That's the most I've ever had. Yeah. Hmm. We have a lot of underground power lines, I think, is the main thing. Yeah. Um... All right. Speaking of things to do with your Switch during a power outage for five days, has Zelda finally reached full hype? Full (gasps) hype? Full hype. Full hype. (laughs) Full hype, everybody. (laughs) Perfectly. God, I fucking love that show. Has Zelda finally reached full hype? Logan Plant at IGN. The main reason that Logan Plant wrote that headline is because, you know, Alex just told us a story. Maybe he's back into Zelda there's another person on this panel who also might be back into Zelda now based off this trailer. And mm-hmm. the other person is here. Uh, <laughs> the, fi- <laughs> the final trailer for Zelda Breath uh, For Zelda... Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom finally gave us a proper look at the enemies, bosses, returning characters, and a proper look at King of Evil Ganondorf. And again, I didn't break down everything because it's a four-minute trailer. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's got good music. It's cool. Um, after teasing the character for years, Link's and Nemesis Ganondorf finally shows up in this trailer. Nintendo of America also posted official art of the Mighty Demon King. They knew what was going to happen when they posted it. The internet ran with it. Matt Mercer's the voice. It's a good time. He's a big buff boy. Um... The trailer also revealed a mysterious new character with dark skin and long white hair. They very closely resemble the character seen in the wall painting from the very first Tears of the Kingdom trailer. You know, eagle-eyed fans, pay attention to that. It also seems like we can expect more traditional Zelda bosses in Tears of the Kingdom. One shot shows Link fighting a massive spider-like enemy that evokes memories of at times. Guma?
2: Goma? Goma? How do you say that? Is it Goma? Uh, How is it spelled? G-O-H-M-A? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a Gama. Or a Goma. It's a big spider. I, I don't actually know. Anyways, but yeah, yeah. We're it's it's, familiar with it. Go, we know
0: <laughs> go home to Oklahoma. Uh, we also get a better look at Gleok. They're turning boss from the original Legend of Zelda. Next, we see some sort of structure rising from the sand in the Gerudo area of the map. It's still too early to call for sure, but this could be the classic dungeon many Zelda fans been hoping for. Fucking wish. Other quick teases shown include a sailboat that's flying in the air, a flying uh, squirrel-looking outfit that appears to improve Link's gliding ability, a large construct emerging from a wall, Link riding a small rocket ship into the air, and much more. So the reason I pulled this stuff out of the trailer specifically is because Chad... Formally, well, Super didn't love Breath of the Wild, but there seem to be things hinted in this trailer that maybe they're on the right track. Chad, do you have a rebuttal for my statement?
1: Oh, I I have good thoughts about this game for the first time in a long time. I When I watch trailers, here's just a little thing about me. Like, when I watch trailers, I almost never ever like look for details in there oh my god did you see this thing in the background of that frame what do you think this means even movie trailers i basically watch them as like let me just get a feel for what this movie is going to be about is it going to be an action is it going to be cool Are there going to be romances all this kind of stuff like what is what is the general feeling of this movie or this game going to be uh so i none of these things that you're calling out in here like ocarina of times goma or i just saw like oh they've got big cool looking bosses in this one oh they've got cool looking characters oh ganondorf's back oh like things it, it looks like some of my complaints and things on my wish list for zelda breath of the wild were answered in this like we might see dungeons we have big bosses and i know in zelda breath of the wild there were big enemies that you could run into and what even Tide Island or some other areas of this thing too, but like yeah. this looks like it might be the actual interesting version of Breath
2: of the Wild that the I the thing been about for real quick the thing about a lot of those big bosses is that and like. I don't really fault Nintendo for designing them this way, but like a lot of them could be just very easily beaten by just spamming your most powerful attacks over and over. You have a few bosses here and there, like that one like worm enemy in the Gerudo desert that you could like fish up into the air with bombs, for example. But other than that, like most of like the Ganon Blight bosses, you could just beat by just being like, all right, I'm just going to. Wail my sword over and over and over again uh, until their HP was completely depleted. The only boss that kind of broke with that convention was the uh, leader of like the Yiga clan, which is like the evil like uh, ninja clan that you encounter later into the game. Uh, He was actually like a pretty good boss fight that was a little bit more traditional of like you have to figure out like what puzzle mechanic you have to complete in order to damage him um but yeah a a lot of them were very much like it's a big dude that you can just wheel on for a while exactly
1: and these seem to be bosses like they might have interesting mechanics they have personalities they have like story reasons for existing here so i'm i am i am in because yeah on every level this trailer makes this game look interesting versus just a cool playground for me to to run around and get bored in eventually so I'm in, Adam. Now, that being said, I ain't gonna pre-order this thing. I'm definitely gonna wait for reviews to find out if that is indeed the case. But I mean, I'm I'm gonna play it. I have a podcast about video games. I have to play it. But
0: now, some I'm of a us also pumped. have podcasts about video games and they don't have to play every video. Well you game have an excuse up. because you have a no, you don't have a Nintendo Switch. So mm-hmm. But that's interesting that you're going to buy it, because I definitely felt like you probably wouldn't. Or you you might have been like, well, I'm missing out. I have to play it. But I don't think you were interested in it, and now you are, which is fun. And so yeah. is was Alex. Look at that. Zero to 100. Real quick. Real quick. Whole squad on that real lo- shit. Lo- I'm, not, I'm not 100. I'm
1: not 100. I'm not 100. I still don't care for, like, making trash vehicles to go fly into the sky. Like, that doesn't seem fun to me. I'd rather just have, like, cool vehicles that exist that I can pilot rather than piecing together logs and flowers and bat eyes and fans to
2: make something that goes into the sky. You're going to play nuts and bolts and you're going to like it. Um... (laughs) I will say... Uh, just real quick, because c- I already talked a lot about Zelda on this podcast, and I don't want to hog the conversation for any longer. Uh, I love this trailer. Uh, the prior two trailers we had gotten for Breath of the Wild really didn't do it for me, uh, especially the last one, uh, because w- with both the prior two trailers, they had, like, concluded Nintendo Directs with them. The first one, it was like, okay, it's good to get, like, a little bit more information about Tears of the Kingdom after waiting so long. And then with the second one, it was like, Come on, like you are drip feeding information at such a slow pace. Show us a little bit more. And then we got that like 10 minute gameplay breakdown thing. And then we got this trailer, which I think really like offers up a like comprehensive look at this game that I had been wanting all this time. Still not a lot of story content in this game, but I mean, I wasn't expecting a lot of story content out of this game to be real with you guys to begin with. Um, But yeah, this trailer was great. I, I will say, I do feel a little bit bad that I finally got back into Breath of the Wild it's so close to this game's release because, like, I kind of want to take a quick break before I jump into this game after this, but uh, I'll figure things out. Well, you've got, you've got what, out. two months
1: before this comes no, out? No, it's,
2: like, a month. It's just, like, a well, month. Canadian well, Canadians two Canadian so. months, yeah. Yeah, two Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> and I also... I also you, wanted <laughs> to check out, uh, what was it, Age of Calamity, the Dynasty Warriors game, because that seems like it's dumb fun as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll figure things out. What is the
1: Alec, Alec. singular Alec, when you were gone, mm-hmm. Alex, came on and he, for the gameplay breakdown, and he was talking about the fact that they waited so long to reveal the name Tears of the Kingdom, but I still don't, like, know why. Like, what is what did that reveal? Like, what was that? I don't... But I don't know what Tears of the Kingdom was and why they waited so long. I understand Endgame, the way they did that for Avengers Endgame. We're like, we're not going to reveal the titles until like two months before this movie comes out. Do you have any insight, Alex, as to why or what that means or why
2: it would be a spoiler of some kind? I mean, we saw the titular Tears of the Kingdom in the trailer. They were those little like tear shaped beads that Zelda and I believe another character are holding up at some point. So... The title is definitely a reference to those, but there's also thematically probably something else going on in the trailer. I will say I was really annoyed to hear a lot of people theory crafting that it's called Tears of the Kingdom because Zelda is dead. Like I, like a lot of people, have really wanted to see a Zelda game where Zelda actually gets a chance to shine and do stuff. And the idea that she's actually dead in this game really didn't sit well with me. So I'm glad that this trailer kind of semi-deconfirmed that theory. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't really know. Hmm.
0: They're crying because Ganon is back. I don't fucking know. Like, Ganon Dwarf is
1: back, Adam.
2: There's the same fucking person. When what, you go to Smash Brothers, it's the same guy. <laughs> I would be remiss. I would be remiss not to mention that. So ever since the introduction of the Sheikah in the Zelda series in Ocarina of Time, uh, as you know, a big kind of component of the Sheikah is their like little emblem, which is like an eye with like the tree pieces of the Triforce on top with like the teardrop coming out of it. It's like the lens of truth in
1: Ocarina of Time. had that same right Exactly.
2: And also the like Sheikah symbols, for example, uh, like the, sorry, the stones that you can like hit and they'll give you like information. Yeah. Like, that particular teardrop has been a piece of iconography in the Zelda series for quite some time. So maybe it's possible that what this game might do is it might be like, Hey, let's explain like why that teardrop exists because, uh, I'm actually, huh, I didn't even think about this, but like, for example, uh, also in Ocarina of time, uh, they introduced the idea that like, there's like the Triforce, um, like thing that's like just like the three triangles meant to represent the three pieces of the triforce but then you also have like the crest that shows like the triforce with like the bird Bird wings wings, underneath it and for a long time it was just like oh that's just an image of like the triforce with bird wings and then later on in skyward sword they retcon that to be like that bird is the loft wings from that game that's what it's meant to represent so maybe they're going to do something similar with the Sheikah tier symbol, explain what the tier is supposed to be.
0: Mm. I guess we'll see on May 12th, 2023, or June, if you're in Canada. Uh, we're gonna, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's releasing
2: on uh, May 12th here as well.
0: Oh, I just making sure. Uh, we're going to move on to playtime. Playtime, what have you been playing? Playtime, Chad. I guess you'll go first, because right. Alex has been talking, and I've been talking, so you go. Uh,
1: we have launched Grandmaster Nightfalls in Destiny 2, everybody. Woo! <laughs> this week was um, the Pro- Proving Grounds strike was the Grandmaster Nightfall featured this week. And it is one that has been like, anytime I play that strike, it's always really hard, especially the final boss of that thing. It's like so hard and I don't look forward to it. And it's going to be a pain in the ass. And we played it the other night, me, Audrey and Jericho Jericho. I mean, Audrey literally like got off of a plane, came home and was like, let's go. <laughs> and I was like, good, because I have to get on a plane in eight hours. So let's do this right now. When our two like ships in the night align, um, we did it. We fucking beat it. And because of this Grandmaster Nightfall, I now have a Conqueror seal. I'm a Conqueror baby, which means I can run around and I can brag with a little title on my name, and everyone gets jealous. Which means I've basically I've beat six Grandma- Grandmaster Nightfalls before. So, so you beat the game now. Yeah, I beat Destiny.
0: Okay. okay.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've I've talked about like the difficulty scaling and all that kind of stuff that they changed about it this season. So it was it was nice to be able to run in at a capped power level. Like you don't have to grind more than 15 power levels or uh, eighteen, fifteen is the highest power level. So like we can jump into it much easier. Um, next is MPR, Metroid Prime remaster, baby. Oh, look at you. Yeah. So speaking of, I was on a plane for uh, two days of this weekend, a four hour trip to and from Chicago. And I had some time, and I brought my Nintendo Switch, and I was like, let's play Metroid Prime Remastered, let's get in this thing. This game, y'all, fucking looks so good on Nintendo Switch, especially that nice OLED screen. This game looks so good. I think it's it's, it's a wonderful port. I haven't played it since I got my Wii, and I bought the GameCube disc of Metroid Prime and played it with the GameCube controller. But it it just feels good to play the Z targeting. Uh, it feels really really good to, um, it just feels good. It's good. It's a good game. Very good game. I've gotten all the way through the very first like big boss, like Alex. You played it, so you know it's the the plant boss that like is poisoning all the water and shit like that. Like that's where I right. just basically beat, and I'm now in like the molten lava, caverny area. So enjoying that uh fan favorite final fantasy theater rhythm final bar line line. uh i i I tried i tried to play final fantasy origins stranger of paradise i tried but when i put when i booted up my playstation 5 this final fantasy game was first in the line of final fantasy games on my on my cross media bar. I know it's not called that anymore. And I, and I could not move past it. Like physically I try, I moved all the buttons, but my place like, no, you have to stop on this final Fantasy game. And I was like, fuck. Okay. I guess I have to. So yeah, I, I played, I played this instead of starting final fantasy origins, um, beat a lot more games in it. And now I'm, I'm finally, I'm on to the like random ass shit so like final fantasy mythic or mystic quest or whatever it is and then final fantasy chocobo dungeon and like i'm getting to those games and those soundtracks and learning that there's some weird shit going on in final fantasy offs like spin-offs um uh, yeah
0: fucking loving i that got that question for you yeah for uh final fantasy teen fuckers backlot is there <laughs> is there music for origin stranger of people
1: i have not seen any on this standard uh the standard game there might be, right be some in the Don't dlc worry. it's not that a I have not goose explored.
2: attack this time <laughs> okay
0: not a goose attack but...
1: uh the last thing that i have on here is the reason i'm wearing these sunglasses right now Is just the letter r yeah and i am using the power of the emphasis of taking off these glasses to look the audience in the eye,
0: and say, "Don't go see Renfield." Don't I love how you you put on sunglasses for thirty minutes for that bit.
2: I
1: didn't know it was going to take us thirty minutes to get to playtime, <laughs> <laughs> but don't go see Renfield. I, I saw Renfield, and it was a it was like a uh, a sp- split second decision. And you're mm. like let's just go see him. we were in Chicago and we were like we had nothing to do before dinner and we're like let's just go see a movie we're right here at the theater oh renfield starts very 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 soon <laughs> it's terrible if you're not familiar this is the the Nicolas oh. Cage Dracula movie where he plays Dracula and uh it's not good it is very poorly written it has mm. dumb jokes ben schwartz is the is the bad guy in it but like he it's like the worst ben schwartz movie and it's, would you say that it sucks? Oh actually I would say that it eats. <laughs> uh. Dracula in this movie doesn't really suck people, he eats people. Um, yeah. yeah. So just don't go see it. Yeah. What about Nicholas Holt? Is he fun? At no, least. no. No, no. And Hate the whole I'm I mean, you could have guessed this from the trailers, but surprise, the whole like Community AA type meeting about codependency. Like that's not. It's not a funny concept. It's not a funny setup. It's not. And they they narrate and they hold they hold on to that codependent I'm thing with Dracula the whole time and it it's just doesn't land. What about Nick Cage though? No, Nick Cage. I mean, if you enjoy Nick Cage, you might mm-hmm. enjoy this. There was there was a couple of guys who were up to no good starting making trouble in my neighborhood. Now, there were a couple of guys in the front left of the theater who anytime Nicolas Cage said anything fucking cracked up. So I guess if you are a Nick Cage person, you might love this movie. But mm-hmm. I particularly am not a Nick Cage person. And I used mm-hmm. this movie and the concept of confirmation bias to now further justify why I don't watch Nick Cage movies. And that's it. That's I'm. That's it. Uh, I've emphasized my point by taking off my glasses and looking into the camera and I'm
0: done. Damn, hate to see it. Uh, Alex, now that
2: you ran away from a goose, what's going on with you? (laughs) I mean, of course, I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. I'm hoping I can wrap it up within the next week or so. Uh, Other than that, really have not been playing that much. I will be getting around to Final Fantasy Stranger Paradise Origins Super Boy Band Edition. Uh, (laughs) However, I did... I did at the very last minute yesterday uh, cave and get the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass so I could check out the Nintendo 64 games that are on the platform. Uh, I played a little bit of Mario Kart 64. That game has aged interestingly in the year 2023, I definitely much prefer Mario Kart 8, uh, but I did also check out uh, Pokemon Stadium, which has aged much better, but because I was playing with some people that were literally in the UK, uh, there was a little bit of input lag that made those mini games a little bit more difficult, uh, but otherwise pretty fun. pretty fun.
1: Oh, that's something I hadn't considered about, you know, it's like, it's so cool that these games just have built-in co-op for things that used to be couch co-op only. But yeah, Nintendo does not have good track record with online and latency and all that shit. Right. So I never even right. considered that for this.
2: Yeah. It, it, and it's tough because, yeah, exactly. As you said, it's like, man, I never thought that Nintendo would be like, yeah, go and play Pokemon Stadium online. We made it online. Like, that's a great little bonus that nobody asks of them. But it's like, oh, you don't do great online to begin yeah. with.
1: I wonder how that works for games like Golden Knight. I wonder if they're even playable with multiplayer. We're
2: gonna try Golden Eye next week, and we'll see okay. how that goes. Okay,
1: Adam, I'm still listening. I'm just gonna go refill my my Taco Bell cup with no, it's fine. we we'll wait.
0: We'll wait. Okay, continue. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're not gonna do that. Uh, I haven't played much. I did play. I beat Alex. You'll like this. Maybe not. Probably not. Lego Star
2: Wars Skywalker Saga. I okay. decided to finish. N- not a game that I have any connection to. It has nothing to and do from with it And from a franchise that I don't care much about one way or the other.
0: Yeah, and no. But it was just cool. I was like, hey, um, they had a bunch of DLC on, uh, what do you call it? Sale. Uh, oh. It's just like extra characters and shit. It's like Mandalorian Season 2 and Bad Batch and whatever. It's fun. Uh, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I, I was halfway through that game for like a year. So I just went and finished it. And now I'm running around and doing stuff is like. I'm the armorer from the Mandalorian, and I'm the emperor hanging out with Jar Jar Binks. It's fucking, it's a fun time. But it was just a fun thing to waste some time. Uh, and then I did start Final Fantasy Origins Super Duper Paradise, or whatever the game's called. Um, it'll be interesting to talk about whenever we get there. I don't... So, so far, I know the whole idea was like, oh, man, this game is so cringy, the dialogue's so bad. So anyway, I'm only like an hour in. I'm like... It doesn't upset me. It's not like a thing that I would rail on. Or like, this is awful. I'm like, oh, this seems just like generic fucking bad anime. It doesn't like upset me. He does say oh, kill God. chaos a lot. He has said it about eight times in the first hour. I'll give them that. But I'm not to the point where I don't think it's a meme. I do find them be extremely forgettable. I don't remember the characters' names. And there's only three characters so far. But again, well, I think it's only in the, the original hour. game, the
1: characters are like just named Warrior of Light, right?
0: Just generic ass. Yeah. Know. It'll be interesting as being my first Final Fantasy game, really. Because I was watched the review and it's like, you know, they're going through it and they're like, hey, it's got a lot of it's it's supposed to kind of be a remake of one and there's tons of references to all Final Fantasy. I'm like, oh shit, all this is gonna go over my head, and none of this is gonna mean anything to me. It's gonna be like, oh, that's a thing from six. I'm like, I don't fucking know what happened in six. So, but I will say Jesus. <laughs> the combat is good. I will give uh Team Ninja they make really, really good combat. The combat is super fun. I really, really like that. Is this that. Team Ninja like, that
1: did this? I didn't realize that. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, so it's, it feels great. It's awesome to play. You can, like, switch your job. So it's basically like I have two different sets of armor and weapons and powers and stuff, which is cool in an action game. I'm just like, hey, man, I really wish someone would give Team Ninja some budget. Because their games are fun, but they look like fucking Duty Water uh oh every my. time.
1: I, I remember looks... that now from the demo that like some of the cutscenes and some of the character models look like fucking PS1 era, and then some of them mm. look really mm. good.
2: Oof. Y- yeah. y- you mentioning Team Ninja, that was another component in the weird reception this game got where it's like prior to this, uh Team Ninja had done Neo and Neo 2, which were like, you know, pretty acclaimed games that have like pretty kind of like down the line, like serious narratives, like they're not really like goofy in the way that this game is. And so, I think a lot of people assumed, Oh, it's going to be like that, but for the world of Final Fantasy One. And what we got is very different from
0: that. Yeah, we'll see. I'm waiting for the goofy because, again, there's nothing that's been like I don't get why anyone would think it's goofy. But again, I'm besides him saying I want to kill chaos a bunch, nothing else has been goofy for me. But again, I'm also super, super early. So, we'll, I'll keep playing. I will say the gameplay is fun characters and story we'll see um and it looks like a team ninja game which is just like it's just like a lot of grays and a lot of i think it's a final fantasy art thing because like 14 also looks the same but it's just like it reminds me of michael bay transformers where it's like it's just fucking mashes of fucking angles and it's (laughs) gray that everything is just like crisscrossed angles and it's gray and it's like this looks awful but uh super super fun Uh, mass tom in the chat
1: asks if you know it's team ninja are they really good ninjas
0: That's true you wouldn't know or maybe that's how good they're like we don't give a fuck we know you're gonna know Mm. we know Mm. everyone knows and if they're good enough ninjas you don't even see them before they kill you yeah you just know that a team is coming for you uh but that's it final fantasy can't wait to review that at the end of the month because let me tell you if i don't finish it by the 28th it's not gonna get played uh (laughs) that's right but i think i'll finish it up that's it for that part, now we'll move on to the quest law. We talk about things that happened. Not much, but it's here. We're here to talk about it. Uh Delay rumors prove true from Alex Steadman at IGN.com. Rocksteady has officially delayed Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League to February 2nd, 2024. Again, we had a big story, rumors and yada yada yada. They said it themselves. Uh, the developer announced the news on Twitter, writing in a statement, quote, We have made the tough but necessary decision to take the time needed to work on getting the game to the, be the best quality experience for players uh thank you for uh thank you to our amazing community for the community support patience and understanding there's much more to share in the months ahead and we look forward to seeing you in metropolis next year uh the latest delay means kill the justice league will come out nearly nine years after the most recent major arkham first game arkham knight Uh, again we already knew the story everybody already reported that it got pushed back to next year um they just confirmed it themselves nine years and the game apparently just got delayed for polish so you're not going to get the no live service cuz that's what they always wanted to do but uh yeah there it is it's official
2: yeah.
1: i i if they really like if if rocksteady really really wants to do a live service game and they believe in this cool like if they feel like polishing it up will and they they feel like that's going to justify this game and people are going to like it Great. Excellent. Come at me on February 2nd, 2024. And show me that your game is is wonderful. I'm happy for that. If they really believe in this, and they think that it's a really good idea. And and then it comes out and it flops. I'm like, cool, I don't trust you anymore. See you in nine more years. And I will wait for your game to be on sale, maybe after reviews. But right now they have my benefit of the doubt.
2: Yeah, I don't have much else to say.
0: Yeah, they are three for three uh, for me so far. Uh, and our last story of the day, this one was funny to me just because, all right. Oh, right, we'll talk about it in a second. I love how this story came out and nothing else in news was going on, so everyone was like, let's talk about this because we have nothing else to talk about, um, which I thought it was funny on Twitter. But, Chad, you were all way on the weekend. Redfall caught in 4K. <laughs> Get it? Because it's going to be in 4K 30. Caught in 4K is a thing the kids say when you get captured doing like when someone catches you doing something. Oh,
1: uh, it's like the new caught red-handed.
0: Yes, it's caught red-handed, but for
1: oh, the oh okay Gen okay.
0: X Y Z. No, I Ninja. think X is old people. Is Gen Z? <laughs> Darren Bonthuyse is a
1: gamespot. What no Gen idea. X is that? Olds or Youngs? Because we want to know for our podcast right now that it obsesses me that on Twitch. You-
0: all of Let's this see. is put into the Google bar.
1: Uh, first thing that comes up is Twitch.tv. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Redfall developer Arcane Austin has confirmed the upcoming Vampire Hunting Adventure will launch with quality mode only on Xbox Series X and S, with a performance mode option arriving in a later update. This means the game will be hard-locked to 30 frames per second as a high resolution is prioritized, Ooh. while on Series X it will be... Ooh, 4K and <laughs> Series S 1440p. Jesus. I am dying. Uh, so yeah, 4K, 30, 1440p, 30 on the, on this. Uh, Deathloop, which was developed by Arcane Lion, did launch a call to performance mode on PS5 and retained those options for its Series X and S launch a year later. For past-based shooters, performance mode is generally favored, but the sheer scope of the sandbox the Redfall takes place in could be one of the reasons why resolution is being favored over frame rate. Again... They're like, on console, it launches at 30, and we're going to have a patch for the
2: 60. I don't know why it's such a big story, but I guess there you go. (sighs) This, it's tough for me because at the very start of the year, we did that episode where we laid out our predictions for the rest of the year. And I was like, you know what? You know what? I think that when it comes to game of the year award time, in the same way that in 2018, the race is between God of War 2018 and Red Dead Redemption 2, and in 2022 is between Ragnarok and Elden Ring, I think that 2023 is going to be between Tears of the Kingdom and Redfield. And like. Cl- well, hold on,
1: careful, careful. You're getting very close to Renfield, which is something we don't want to endorse shit i
2: i did crap whoops sorry my bad i think it's going to be between red fall and tears of the kingdom and i'm still very confident in tears of the kingdom that trailer gave me a lot of hope uh but red fall i i legit got tripped up because you talked about renfield earlier (laughs) i'm sorry about that um yeah all these news stories about the game like not being all that it can be at launch are starting to make me really doubtful. Uh, The last game that Arcane worked on, Deathloop, that game kind of broke through on like a mainstream level. It kind of was, as people call that at the time, their pop hit. And I thought, okay, they're working on another pop hit. And this time it's going to be like semi kind of multiplayer focused. This will make it potentially even bigger of a hit and put it on that stage where it can compete with the best of the best games that the year have to offer truly this time around but now it seems like that might not phase out and that's unfortunate because like put all the game of the year discussion stuff aside arcane's a great developer and microsoft needs a hit i would say i don't think 30 frames means it's bad
0: if, if it agree. was like it's yeah. 30 frames 1080p i'm like well probably got some issues 4k 30 doesn't bother me as much all it really says to me is that like this is the this is the you know what we could get it on. So like another example, last year game that Chad hated and I was very shocked. Um, Horizon, mm. Forbidden West mm. has a uh, had a performance and a resolution mode, and the performance mode was garbage. It looked again. I know they later updated it and made it better. Yeah, but at launch. I turned on frame rate mode and was like, this actually looks awful. Yeah. And then I switched to performance mode and just played in 30 and it looked great and it was good for the rest of the game. It doesn't bother me. The only thing for this is just like, they're going to do an update. Nobody will care. The game, if it's good, it's good. No one gives a shit. Um, but it just means I'm going to play it on PC just so I can have the option of a higher frame rate. That's It's the only difference for me, but I don't think it's like, oh, now the game's bad because it's 30 frames a second. I think it is a point for it should be there at launch and people who want to stick on it are going to stick on it. You know, people are like, well, you know, I want this game to fail, so I think that this is a thing to stick on because I have nothing else to stick on. But if the game is good, I don't give a shit what, you know, as long as it's not a gross frame rate, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, good
1: games are in 30. Like, I played through all of Dead Space in 30 frames. I mean, yes, it had a working, wonderful performance mode as well, but, like, (laughs) games are not objectively bad because they are 30 frames per second.
0: Didn't you specifically you're say not, that, um, what was the, 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 knockoff dead space that you're like, you have to play it in 30. Cause it's so much better.
1: Oh, uh, um,
0: Callisto protocol. Callisto. Yeah. Callisto. Protocol. Yeah. You're like, don't even bother with the 60 go straight 30. Cause it's so much better. Yeah. So
2: you know. for the record, everything that you guys are saying is correct. Games aren't automatically worse just because they're in 30 FPS. It's just a combination of this and all the other things that this game isn't going to have at launch that are kind of sullying the narrative around it. Oh, no, the narrative sucks.
0: I'll give you that. That it's like we should have just saved the quote-unquote bad news and just either did it early or not did it at all and just figured it out on launch. Because then, again, if you give people a reason to complain, they'll complain. But, again, I would like a performance mode, but I don't want the game to be good.
1: Yeah, and it, it really sort of appears that Gen X is 1965 to 1980, so they are the olds. And then Gen Z, there's some contention. And it makes sense, though. In a 2022 report, the U.S. Census designated Gen Z as the youngest generation with adult members born from 1997 to 2013. But because we know time is different in Canada, Canada says Gen Z is 1997 to
2: 2012 as uh, citing Pew
1: Research Center, which I'm sure you've been there a lot
2: alex to the pew research center yeah i definitely i just you know whenever i'm in search of knowledge you just head on down the street to the pew research center yeah. right here okay. in canada mm-hmm. yeah
1: so they said that in a 2022 publication analyzing the 2021 census so
0: okay I just so to close that the gen zers say cotton 4k they do say that yes mm-hmm. and a gen xer wouldn't even know what a 4k is because they're on facebook all day on their you know exactly windows 98 yeah on their (laughs)
1: on their ibm thinkpad laptops that weigh 45 pounds and they have a disc drive still on their laptops all right
0: (laughs) um that's it for that but that means it's time for segment from adam segment from adam segment from adam segment from adam segment from
1: adam segment from 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 adam segment
0: from adam
1: segment from adam 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 is it like yeah, an island super sense. far yeah. up or something? Yeah, it's like that That chain of it, it is a lot bigger than you think it is based on the maps of the world that you're used to seeing. Yeah, but I, I did see it's it single. overlaid on the map of the United States. And yeah, it is much bigger. I thought hmm. it was like maybe the size of...
0: California? I know, Florida? Yeah. No, not even California. I it was the size of a big state. Even... Yeah, That's what yeah, I would assume, a yeah. big state.
2: That's great. Yeah, That's huge, though.
0: All right. Very cool. Uh, So this week, segment from Adam, it's going to, we're going to play a little game called Question Square, a Rafferty warm-up.
1: Woo! Is this like Hollywood Squares?
0: No, not at all. It's just like Rafferty. Uh, Tell them what we're going to (laughs) do on Patreon, and this is why we're doing the warm-up for it, Chad.
1: Oh, so this is is a good way to tease the content. The Patreon-exclusive content that's coming starting this week. Great, 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 great
0: which you sorry, can get
1: on you, patreon and yeah sorry i was like are you expecting do i was i supposed to say something yeah patreon.com slash responding fire as, as you, you can, can see go, we're a very
2: well rehearsed show we're incredibly yes. meticulously planned out we know everything that's going to happen well
1: if you want to get the rehearsed version you go to patreon.com slash name fire and you donate a dollar and you get access to a bunch of wallpapers you get access to the ability to influence our barf game each month a little bit more heavily and now you get exclusive monthly a timed exclusive monthly game show uh segments so rafferty will be filming this wednesday and releasing at a time soon after with a guest from a podcast that you are likely familiar
0: with coming to join us on wednesday on wednesday on wet day yeah very cool all right so again this is a warm-up i call it Question square, a raft pretty warm up because it's three questions in three categories. It makes a square. Oh. Three by three. Look at that. A little easy version. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you what the. <laughs> it's Jeopardy. So it's a question and the answer is a question. <laughs> Whatever. Okay.
2: Um, so I, I love category. how we have two completely different names for the same knockoff game on this podcast
0: <laughs> i'm sure i called it something different before i always question square i've never used before but i've used, done this game all right so first category there's the hold on hold on, hold on hold on do we do
1: like uh what's our what is our noise what is our buzz noise do we have to establish those ahead of time you got Can to raise your, raise your hand and make a
0: noise okay mm-hmm yeah whatever what's your noise you uh it's the goose that'll, that came for Alex. That'll sound great. awesome, <laughs> Alex. What are you doing? Mine will be beep beep, beep 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 like that. Yeah. Make sure to raise your hand. Uh, okay. All right. So our first category is one score and negative two years ago, which for those who don't know is eighteen years. Okay. Okay. Because okay. earlier this week, everyone was like, oh, "When I was eighteen, this game came out." So it's a category. Maybe I maybe has that. something to okay. do with eighteen years ago. Yeah. Um, number two is spring into action. And the third category is war in the stars. Have I used this before? That was a uh, question to myself. I don't know if I've used this <laughs> category before, but here we are. It All sounds right, so new to me. Yeah. There's one, two, and three <clears throat> going down. It's supposed to be harder. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Alex,
2: you go first. One uh, score in negative two years ago, spring into action, war in the stars. Uh, how many different, uh, denominations of points are there in each category? One, two, and three. One, two, and three. Okay, just three. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, I will go with uh, uh, 18 years ago for one point. Excuse me,
0: one score and negative <laughs> two years ago.
2: <laughs> one score and negative two years ago. Whatever. Let's go. For one point, you said? D-
1: uh, just yeah. for anyone who doesn't want to do math right now, what year is, it? is that 2005? That's the year? It would be
0: 2005. Okay. Yes, okay. it would. All right. A subject of a recent remake, this game was a major turning point for survival horror. Uh, uh, uh. Be- be- Chad? Resident Evil 4. Yes, it is. Give yourself a point, buddy. All right. <laughs> Chad, you're up next.
1: Oh, uh, I'm going to take 2005 for two. What was that?
0: Uh, four, two score, one score and negative two years ago for, for two. two. All right. Before he had a boy, this game featured a simple journey to kill divinity. beep, 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 beep. Oh, cozy. God of War. Oh, give yourself two points, Biddy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're up next.
2: Uh, Let's go with uh the 18 year ago thing for three points. Okay. The first
0: in a now renowned series, this game was turn 10's first outing. Five, four, three, two, boop, boop it would be forza or forza motorsport not forza Mm -hmm. president forza motorsport okay first forza motorsport
2: came out in 2005 all right Uh, Uh, i'm tipping that i don't know a lot about xbox because you said turn 10 and i'm like i have no clue who that is yeah i'm
1: also (laughs) like is there are there 10 corners on a racing track coming around turn Mm. 10 is bobby
2: the rally thing (laughs) Uh,
0: bobby and ricky uh okay (laughs) Uh, so, actually you got to go again. We have Spring into Action and War in the Stars of the two categories. We uh,
2: have. Let's go Spring into Action for one point. Chad, remember
0: earlier before we recorded, I said there's one that's like a twisted sense of humor that only I would think of? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Akin to, you know, um, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon as being John Malkovich. Right. Maybe right. Spring into Action is the weird one in Adam's okay. brain.
1: Okay. All
0: right. Uh, spring into action for one point. This series features a fun character who puts children into massive
2: debt.
0: Ooh, who was that? That was very close. Um, was it? I'll
1: raise my hand again so you can tell. I'll go
2: for Alex. I'll raise my. <laughs> Damn it! There we go. There we Alex. go.
0: Of course, perfect. Uh, Animal Crossing. What is Animal Crossing? All right. What is Animal Crossing for one point? There you go. Give yourself a point.
2: Hell yes. All right. Go again, Alex uh spring into action for have we done two points nope all right let's do yeah, it two, two points
0: all right <laughs> if honey i shrunk the kids killed its cast it would be
2: very close to this game's premise beep 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 beep, 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 beep. <laughs> go alex it is grounded yes what is it is rounded? grounded
0: give yourself two points
2: who died
1: in that game everyone's dead can, you
2: can die you can die
1: very oh, easily Okay. In that okay game. Okay, okay, yeah, okay okay
0: absolutely okay.
2: All right. Well, let's keep this train going. Let's do spring into action for three points. All right. After the death of a young adult brother, you control a character with the
0: power of empathy.
2: Uh
0: uh 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 uh. uh. uh go ahead, Jet.
1: <laughs> Life is strange.
0: Life is strange. Very correct. Uh, all those games. Give game gave... yourself three points. All those games took place in springtime. They all had to do with bad things happening to children. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You go into Dead Animal Crossing, you can get killed and grounded, and your brother Wait, dies in the beginning. Does Animal Crossing
2: begin in the springtime?
0: It takes place in spring. It features heavily in spring. But
2: it takes place across all the seasons. Like if you uh, started in winter. Well, started
0: in spring because it came out in spring, so... Ooh, wow. damn. Just so everyone I, knows, the standing right now, know. Alex has five I points. Know. I
2: have four points, so we're I close. Alex also got the answer correct, so why are you arguing <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it's not good enough. I need to also be correct about <laughs> Animal Crossing not always being in spring. All right, let's finish All right, this you are right, you're off. right.
1: Let's just cancel out his answer. Yeah, zero yeah, points point. there. No. no.
0: All right, right. War in the Stars. That's what you got, Chad. Give me uh, one, two, or three War the Stars. War in the Stars for three points. All right. It was Game of the Year 2019 at many outlets.
2: Uh, beep, uh, beep, uh, beep, uh, beep, beep, uh, beep, 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 beep.
0: I'll have to give that to Chad. Uh, that was... Jedi Fallen
1: Order, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order.
2: There you go. You got it.
1: He's like, right. I know
2: oh. what this game is, but I can't remember the order that the names in its <laughs> <Yes. title. How laughs> these yes. words it's like, go in.
1: There's a bunch of space terms in order.
0: All right, uh Chad, go again. One or two for Order uh, Stars. Two, two. Explore a Disney park in this VR tie-in of the famous franchise. Uh,
1: uh, 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 uh. All right, go for <laughs> Star it. Star Wars galaxy, uh, Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy at the edge of the galaxy.
0: Ooh. Here's what I'm going to be, do. Be, VR. Well, I, wanna, I will not give him negative. I will give you a chance to steal um, Cozy. And if you can steal it, you get two points. If you don't, then he'll get one. Star, Star Wars so, Galaxy's Edge. You both get one point. It's Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. That's what it is. Yep. So give yourself both get one point. You split that You split that too. I was like,
1: I know, because Galaxy's Edge is the theme park. And I was like, I know it's not named exactly the
0: same. I knew it was something different. It's very close. All right, Alex, I'll let you go on this last one, because you got to steal, kind of. Um, <laughs> this game allows you I to dance. I can't win
2: either way, uh-huh. so
0: doesn't matter. How many points do you have? Uh, six, Chad has eight. Oh, this actually worth two points. Uh, <laughs> oh, this, this game allows you to dance alongside Hong
2: Solo in a bastardized version of a Jason Derulo song. I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, what is it? It is Star Wars Connect. Oh, there you go. Connect Star Yay.
0: Wars. There you go. Oh, oh, look at that. We're tied up. And that's perfect, because that means we have to continue it this week On Patreon.com slash Fire. Oh, shit.
2: I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure how this is going to work, because I'm going to be the host of that particular episode. Doesn't matter. (laughs) It continues later this week on Patreon.com slash Like
1: If we don't get the answer, Alex just starts shouting them and giving himself points. (laughs) Here's what I'll
2: say. Here's what I'll say. Chad, you ended this with eight points like me. If... We have a tie at the very end of Raph Pretty. If we do Final Jeopardy, we better points and you're still tied with someone at the end, I will give you those final eight points and make yeah. you the winner. But only if wanna, all that stuff happens.
1: I just want to point out like this is an achievement. I do not normally do well at these games. I usually get my ass handed to me by Adam or Alex in these things. So like I'm putting this down as a win in my book.
0: The ties are a loss, you know? It's true. Technically.
1: That's science. And they actually count that as like an actual thing in soccer. I watched Ted Lasso.
0: So. Ties count in all sports. Absolutely. All right. Uh, In sports, you can tie in. That's it for my segment. From and
1: that is it. We don't have a game on game show today, folks. I just got flew in from Chicago two hours before we started this podcast, and boy are, are my arms, arms tired? tired. Are your fucking arms tired?
0: <laughs>
1: you know why? Because I am that Goose that terrorized Alex. Uh-uh. Speaking of, there were not enough goose memes that were sent to Alex's Twitter last time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna extend. I don't remember where the goose had anything to do with anything, but I do remember that we told people to send pictures of happy geese to Alex. So still do that. Twitter.com slash uh Alex Cozina. Send them some happy geese pictures.
2: While you are on don't, Twitter, don't you send can follow too many us. though. Don't don't send too many. I I still gotta look at my anime on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to pollute the algorithm. Um
1: while you're there, you can go to Twitter.com slash Respawn Aim Fire. You can uh, go follow us, make us cool and famous. And you can also make us rich at Patreon.com slash Respawn Aim Fire. Go there, donate money to us, support us, get access to all the things we talked about before, including the upcoming Raff Party, uh and other shit like wallpapers and barf games. Do that. Go watch Succession tonight. If you're like, what is Succession? HBO Max. It's fun for the family. Soon to be just Max. It's even easier. Yeah, just for the Max family. for the
0: family. Yeah. yeah, just
1: Max for the family. You ever, everyone get a first dog. Call it Max. It's it's a family dog. Costs for fifteen ninety nine a month. You get access to Dune. You get access to Harry Potter movies. They have the first Harry Potter with if like the, Christopher Columbus will stop the movie in the middle of the movie and explain some things behind the scenes and then I'll hit play on the movie again. Really? That exists. I just found out there, about that There's this the uh,
2: four-hour cut of Justice League. Don't forget
0: about <laughs> that one. <laughs> there, is, there is Justice League, the Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> Fury um, of the Gods is coming to Max. There was, a, there was a, a tweet that was funny. It's like, Fury of the Gods is coming or something. It was something. It was a sex joke. I can't remember it now uh
1: penguin prequel coming to, oh, yeah. oh, coming to max coming to max in may or not yeah. in may but max is coming in may not the dog it's don't get man. the family dog because then you don't want that in the house they
2: probably they probably have that one episode <laughs> of the justice league cartoon where wonder woman gets turned into a pig on there yeah, i've heard that.
1: they do and then I, that's how i started, that episode
2: started, and she becomes yeah. miss piggy
1: yeah, Man. I watched
2: that episode. I'm like, I have the weirdest boner right now.
0: I don't know why. And then Wishbone came on after that, and that little dog was doing Romeo and Juliet. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Reading
1: Rainbow. All right, that's it, everybody. Until next time. Oh, wait, Alex. Thanks. First of all, Alex, thank you for being alive and safe, and welcome back to the show. It's great to have you back.
2: I am um, so happy to be here. You know, it was real tough for a couple of days here, but... Thankfully, nothing bad is gonna happen. To anyone, oh my god! Cara. No! 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 Get out of here! Out! Out!
1: That freaking goose! Oh god! I hope he makes her. I hope, at some point in the future, completely after he's left our minds and we no longer are thinking about Mister Goose, he just comes back to terrorize us once again. Um, uh, where can people find you, Alex, if they want to enjoy your content? and life uh, if another
2: forward. goose doesn't take a shit on my keyboard you can find me <laughs> on twitter at alex kazina a-l-e-x-k-o-z-i-n-a dope and until next time everyone here's our usual sign off i've got a